So really, Johnny and Ruth should have got out of the car <laughs> sweating and drooling. Why are you so sweaty? Oh. Hey, Maniacs. Hey, Maniacs. It's Midsummer Maniacs. Comedy recap podcast dedicated to the ITV series Midsummer Murders. Each week, we dig into an episode of the show to include the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love about the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Sarah. Yes. Yes. That's who I am. Yes. I, Got it. Got it right. I listened to a bunch of the old shows this week because I was interested in hearing something. Uh-huh. And... We never introduce ourselves. Oh, no, we didn't used to. We're like, no. you can just guess who we are. You can guess who we are. We're the mysterious Midsummer Maniacs. If you listen or watch the show and let your kids listen or watch the show, they should be okay with this podcast. Yeah, if you're not worried about them becoming really mean chefs, then they're probably okay watching it. Well, also, they should not eat anything that they can find in the forest. No, no. Why do people do that? I just don't understand. Make your own food. Yeah. Guard it while you're making it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no random yard crap falls in my food when mm, I'm making it. Grass. <laughs> <laughs> we're joking around because uh, this week we're covering uh, season 16, episode three, Wild Harvest. But before we get into the episode, we've got a couple of things on the top. First of all, we released our first newsletter this week. Yes, our monthly newsletter. If you didn't receive it, you can still sign up, of course. And uh, if you sign up, there's an archive link at the bottom where you can read the last one. Yeah. So what what did we include this this month? We included three things. We included a couple of links to websites that we use on a regular basis that Mm -hmm. people might not know about. Right. Second, we included uh, the schedule for the shows that we're going to do over the month of September. Mm Mm-hmm. You should have noticed two things on that. One, that we're going to take two weeks off at the end of the month. Month, Yes. <laughs> and that along with that, that there's a new episode going to be on Acorn. Season 22, episode three mm-hmm. is going to be on Acorn. That's the one with Kevin Watley in it. And, and Who is that's Lewis. On, yeah, and that's the 27th of September. So we'll put out a, spoil, a spoiler-free mini episode for that. With a special guest. Oh. But also on that schedule you is dun da da We're going to do a live episode. A live streamed episode for episode 100, which is just two weeks away. I'm not nervous. I'm not no. concerned. No. Being on camera. No, no problem. It'll be fine, right? Yeah. It'll be great. <laughs> It's going to be on YouTube, so it'll be really easy to access, and there's going to be a chat the whole time, so you can comment and make jokes. And All you have to do is follow the link at 2 o'clock on the 18th of September. 2 o'clock Eastern Eastern Standard Standard Time. Time. And we'll put a link in the show notes next week to it, plus a link to where you can put in where you are and how that relates to... 2 p.m. So you can figure out what time that is for you. Yes. And we'll post that link on our Twitters and our Instagrams and the subreddit and every place else, too. So it'll be easy to find. And we will do episode 100, which will include a couple of uh, special things about our 100th episode, as well as 
The show's 100th episode. I can't believe we're at 100. I know. It seems crazy. I'll put it on your calendar, though. Saturday, the 18th of September at 2 p.m. Eastern. We got an email from a woman named Jerry Mm -hmm. who said the nicest things. First of all, she... I'm assuming it's a she. I think it's a she. Um, If it's not a she... (laughs) Just say they, then. They. They. Jerry. The they. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're awesome. Uh, They say that the newsletter is great because they're not active on social media. So if you're not active on social media, that's okay. We're not going to exclude you. But you can look in your email. Yeah. And you can get the the newsletter. She also says that the podcast is the bright, bright... point of her week and that she goes to sleep listening to former podcasts of ours oh so that, that makes me think we got to put, start putting in some subliminal messages we're now speaking to the unconscious jerry <laughs> you too can learn italian la porta de facta de zuppa the door is made of soup see now you know italian <laughs> learn it while you sleep Geez, if that's if that's the case, you and I need to go on some archaeological digs because all we <laughs> listen to at night is Time Team. That was a Space Ghost reference, by the way, that the doors made a soup thing. I don't know if you're familiar with Space Ghost cartoon. But yeah, we've been falling asleep to Time Team for a long time because we, we've seen them and it's it's not a um it's it's an exciting show. It's a fun show. But it's not like riveting, you know, it's a bit formulaic. Yeah. So it's easy to kind of fall asleep to. There's also not a lot of screaming. No, except that one episode where they make a flute or something and it's like, Like, Jeremy Jeremy Brett's Sherlock Holmes is a great show, but wow, there's a lot of yelling and screaming. Hag screaming. (laughs) (laughs) They strangle a hag at least every other episode. It's hard to fall asleep to that. People are going to be like, you know, maybe you guys should just, you know, fall asleep to some music or some ocean sounds or, or something, you no. know? It doesn't work for me. <laughs> Jerry ends your email with, please keep it up. Your, your, our voice, your voices are brilliant and your guests have been wonderful. Your newsletter is the proverbial icing. Oh, thank you, Jerry. I think that was a successful newsletter launch. I think so, too. It's a good idea. Are you ready to talk about Wild Harvest? I am indeed. It was filmed in April, May 2013. The broadcast date was the 8th of January 2014. 6.06 million views directed by Rennie Rye, who's directed a whole bunch of them, but written by two women, Rachel Cooperman and Sally Griffiths. So do you think that the title refers to Harvesting Wild or being wild when you harvest. Huh. Well, it's obviously a direct relationship to the hemlock water drop wart mm. that is the murder weapon later <laughs> in the episode, which is the most useless murder weapon. <laughs> <laughs> so harvesting okay, wild. Let's start off, okay? Our killer is Angela. Yeah, because remember, this is a recap podcast, which means we spoil it, okay? Yep. You just did it. Yep. We do that. Okay. Angela's our killer. And she starts out on such a great high. She takes Martin into the forest, gives him Valerian, ties him to a tree, and lets wild hogs eat him. Which I think he he's supposed to think that it's like a sex game at first. Yes. Until she starts smearing him with truffle. Ick. <laughs> and, but then she goes downhill from there. 
Yeah. Her, her, her murder weapons are stupid at, after that. They're a little point. bit less direct. Yes. After and that's that. why she accidentally kills somebody. So this takes place in Midsummer Wyvern. Yes. Do you know what a wyvern is? Isn't it a mythical beast? It's a dragon. Oh, that's cool. It's very cool. It's wasted on this episode. It is indeed. There are no dragons anywhere. No. The This restaurant, Wyvern House, is kind of the center of yes. the episode, right? It's where all the action it's, takes it's place. It's a very famous restaurant because Ruth is the cook there. And she's the only star in this kitchen. And if you don't like it, you can get out. She's nasty. She's so mean. She's very mean. Don't like the actress. Don't like her being so mean. Bothers me. <laughs> the actress who plays Ruth is... Sharon Small. Yes. And she is more well known for being Lindley's... Inspector Lindley's second. Yeah, Sergeant Barbara Havers, where she's very mousy and quiet and awkward and kind of slobby. I remember the first time I saw this episode, I was like, wait a minute, Barbara's gone fancy. Look, she's got eyeliner on. Yes. Because Havers never, ever wore makeup. <laughs> uh, Havers is like... She I, tries, I but like, she screws up a I lot. like Lindley, but Havers shoots herself in the foot so many times. She causes her own problems. So I was looking up to see if there was a real place called Wyvern House in the UK. Okay. And there is. There's a hotel in Shrewsbury. Okay. That is, a, it's an old estate like this that's been split up into like extended stay suites. Yes. But it's managed by a company that manages holiday cottages okay. called Sykes. Oh, that's a little coinkydink. Coinkydink. That has no real no. meaning at all. There's also a boys, a private boys' school in Australia called Wyvern House. Oh, I hope they're team mascots, the dragons. I hope at so least. too. They have a. I had to laugh. They've got an exchange program with a private boys school in L.A. <laughs> I just imagine these little snobby kids from L.A. going to Australia. <laughs> Have you like, read my pilot? Yes. <laughs> um, my mummy, who's also a director, says I can only have green smoothies for lunch. All right, mate. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Sorry, I can't go on your exchange program unless I can take my publicist. Yes. <laughs> but the house is beautiful that they have the restaurant in. But did you did you notice anything about the dining room? Well, that's kind of weird. When Martin shows up, there's a dog in it. Well, yeah, he brings his dog. But so we're supposed to think that this restaurant has been open for about two years. Yes. She's got a book. She's got a cookbook out. It's a well-established, fancy. Everybody wants to get in. There's um, no talk of Michelin stars, and there's no talk of where Ruth trained, though. They probably can't yeah. mention Michelin stars. I would assume not. She's obviously supposed to be a female Gordon Ramsay. And that's why she's so nasty? She's so nasty. No, if you look at the dining room, and I, I took a picture of this that we can include in the show notes, it's very clear that they rented this country estate for the filming, but they couldn't do a whole lot in that room. The accents in the room that are supposed to make it look like a restaurant are like stage flats. Oh. And they're fluorescent. Oh. You didn't notice no, the orange and green? No, I didn't. Oh, my gosh. Wow. They're like these big orange and green things standing up against the wall with, like, neon lights inside of We're them. obviously hiding things. All of the tables are folding tables. All oh, of them. yeah. I did notice Which that. Which you see later when there's no yeah. tablecloths on them. Yeah. It's very temporary. It looks like a pop-up restaurant rather yeah. than, like, a real restaurant. But, yeah, so Martin Strickland shows up with his dog. <gasps> Everybody is just... 
Oh my god, there's a dog in here. Look at that man, he's so scruffy. He smells of outside. (laughs) But you talked about Ruth being mean in the kitchen. And it's it's a stereotype, and it's not a stereotype. I've read and, and listened to lots of stories about kitchen culture, and unfortunately, it's pretty accurate for a lot of upscale kitchens that the chef is mean, that would, the culture is mean. It would almost be more refreshing to see a chef that was nice. Yeah, who's like supportive of the people who trained under her and encourage them and like good job on that instead of here's the five minuscule things you've done you cook those scallops 15 seconds too long how do you really? know lady <laughs> second of all i do like this episode because it's an actual kitchen where there is more than one person yeah we've we've seen several episodes where there yeah. is a kitchen where one person is running the entire kitchen yeah and waiting tables and running yeah. the hotel and everything yeah. else it's, yeah it's she has a number of sous chefs. So Martin is killed, as you mentioned. So gunshots, wild boar noises. Yeah. Grumble, scream. Martin's tied to a tree. Yep. And has had truffle oil smeared on his chest so that a wild boar will want to eat his entire torso, basically. I didn't think wild boars were that... Like, they're wild animals, so they see people and they're kind of like... Ugh. Like, I know wild boars are dangerous. They are aggressive. They are aggressive. But it seems, again, a little haphazard. <laughs> all of her killings are a little... Ha- he he could have sat there all night. Yeah. And a boar maybe never came across him. Yes. And I I looked into why we use pigs to hunt truffles and, and whether boars are really all that crazy about truffles. And they're really not that crazy about them. We train pigs... And dogs. Yeah, they have to be trained. To hunt for them. It's not like they just crave them and go after them. And boars are kind of unlikely to eat them unless they just kind of come across them. Well, and a boar is not likely to eat a person unless they're already, like... If they're dead. They're dead or they're cut already. Like Maybe. Maybe. If you're on the ground unconscious and cut, they might take a nibble. Maybe. But, no. But it is a great murder weapon. It is is. a great method. I love it when Camilla, his wife, later goes, well, I thought you said he was eaten, not shot. (laughs) (laughs) Like she's disappointed that maybe he was just shot, not eaten. You said he was eaten. And Kate is so cool. Like he's had some severe damage to his torso and his chest. Basically like something tried to eat him. Anyway. (laughs) Lizzie finds the body. She's out picking up sticks in her weird hippie way. Mm-hmm. So she's definitely a weird hippie. And she's not a weird hippie. She's a former starlet. Well, we'll who get pr- to- who who likes to be on her own. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. She prefers to live in the woods. I love how she's not a witch. I love how <laughs> Nick and Ruth are out foraging after working late at the restaurant. Like most restaurants close at like, let's say they close at 10. Mm. They got to do two hours of cleaning and prep. But it's not, it's not unheard of for a chef to be at the market early in the morning to get the best picks from the farmers and the butchers and all that stuff. What what I like is that there are those big like dinner size Plate mushrooms that are just on the side of the road. Yes. And Nick is picking them. <laughs> well, and they they wander, well, Ruth wanders kind of past a fence line onto Martin Strickland's lands to pick morels. Yeah. And 
Nick is like, that's, but that's Martin Strickland's lands. And she's like, oh, don't be such a wussy or something like that. Yeah. So there are, there are laws about foraging on somebody else's land. Okay. But what I found interesting is that, so in the UK, it's trespassing if you're on somebody else's land without their invitation. That right? makes sense. It's a civil thing. Yeah. They, if they find you, they can say, leave. And if you won't, they can call the police and have you removed, right? Okay. Yeah. But if you've been picking apples or mushrooms or whatever, that's not illegal. Oh. They can't make you give them what you picked up. So if they took the... So they could, he could come along and say, get off my land, but he can't say, and give me the mushrooms you just picked. And he can't take truffles if... If they found that truffle grove and took all the truffles. <laughs> I love the face you made when you said truffle grove. Like, is that a thing? I don't know. Yes. Well, it's kind of a thing. Yeah, he couldn't go and claim back the truffles. Trespassing is the crime. Yeah. But they're not on his land anymore. No. So he can't do anything about it. No. Yeah. So so if you're picking apples in somebody's yard and they come out and get off my yard, then you, you can take the apples with you. I love how he goes... Puma. Yeah, <laughs> Nelson. But maybe it was a big cat. There's rumors of big cats. Do they tie knots? Yeah. <laughs> Puma's out there tying ropes. <laughs> so also the Barnabys are pregnant. Well, Did yeah, you know they're we, pregnant? We knew that. We're, moving, we're on first day of maternity leave and poor Sykes. It's office food. You know, Sarah's a little bit, Sarah and John are a little bit behind here because she's already on maternity leave, which means she's within like two weeks of her due date. And she's just now painting the nursery. Yeah. That's a, that's, they're a little bit behind. I love that scene because he's like, stop what you're doing. Mm. <laughs> she's like. Whatever it is you're doing, stop it. Never mind. Go put your feet up. Whatever. She's not going to stop what she's doing. So grumpy the, chef is grumpy is a note that I have in. A number of times. So let's talk about the restaurant, right? Okay. Because, so Ruth is the chef. Yes. And her husband, Johnny, is her business partner. Now, we've seen him before in lots of things. He's he, squarehead ginger. <laughs> he was in um, Blue Herrings. Yes. He was the, the doctor, doctor for the nursing Blue. home. And he was also in Secrets and Spies. Where he plays the guy who gets killed in that episode. Yes. Um, so you've seen him in two other Midsummers, but he... His name is Clive Wood. He's been in lots of things. He's a good actor. I, yeah. But he, he usually does have plays a, a bad guy. Square head. He usually plays a mean bad guy. Dinger. <laughs> so, so they open this restaurant together, but Wyvern House, the house that they run the restaurant out of, they don't own. They actually rent it from Martin, who owns the freehold on it. And we've talked about freeholds before. Yep. So basically, he owns it forever. Yep. And he gives them a lease that can be incredibly long on it. Yeah. But it will always revert back to him and his estate, right? Always his property. He's married to a woman named Camilla, who is younger than him and clearly only interested in horses. And he has a daughter named Amy, who also works there in the kitchen. Yes. Right? However, Johnny has an ex-wife, Angela, who, who owns the, the pub, pub. And their son, Ferdy, also works at the restaurant in the yes. kitchen. It's a very weird family tree. It, it, it's convoluted. Every, everyone is dating or related to or was dating everybody else. Right. Because then you have Jamie Weston, who works on Strickland's farm, whose yes. sister is the butcher. Yes. And her boyfriend, Nick, works is at the, the restaurant. Sous chef. 
at the restaurant. <laughs> and then you have Ferdy, who's addicted to video games. We've already mentioned Ferdy. I know. He plays a game called Zombie Cannibal. Yes. Which is a bit redundant. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't exist, by the way. No, I know it doesn't. Though there is a LARP called Zombie Cannibal Asylum. Ooh. It's a live-action role-playing game. That's what a LARP is, in case you're not a nerd like me. Ruth and Johnny run the restaurant together. So when Martin comes in with his dog and sits down, he also has this mock-up business plan flyer thing. Yes. That are his... That's his new plan for Wyvern House. Yes, because he wants to take it over with Nick. Yeah, he wants Nick to of, run a restaurant get there. Get rid of Johnny and Ruth. Right. But the restaurant's not doing well. Mm-mm. Because Johnny has squirreled away the money. It's never sure how he failed at running the restaurant. I don't think it's completely his fault. I think Ruth pushes the restaurant to be fancier than they can afford it to be. I agree. And that's why when Stephanie comes to deliver the meat, they conspire together to tell Ruth that this very expensive Galloway beef is not available. Yes. So that Belted Galloway. So that she can buy less expensive meat. And that's a favor that Stephanie is doing for Johnny. Belted Galloway are Scottish cows. They're so cute. They're very cute. They have curly hair. They have curly, warm Long hair. Now, are they called belted because some of them have a stripe of color that goes around their middle? Yes. That is why they're called belted, and it's usually a light color. So they have dark hindquarters, this sort of stripe that goes around the middle of them, and then their front parts are dark again. It almost looks like you took a dark cow, cut it in the middle, inserted the belly of a different cow, and then put the three parts together. I thought more you took a white cow and put dark paint on it, but... <laughs> it's a different approach. It want... works. The visual is still there. Yes. It's and front and hind are dipped in dark paint. They're okay, called Galloway because that's the region they come from in Scotland. So is it like Kobe beef? Like, are they really rare and they, expensive? And do they, they get massages expensive. or something? It's not super rare. They don't get the massages or any of the craziness, but... It is super rare, and the the meat is especially thought to be very good. So we have that whole cast of characters, and then we have Lizzie, who you referred to as the weird hippie. (laughs) So Just because she lives in the woods. They show a picture of her in a magazine, a magazine called Savoir, Mm -hmm. that doesn't actually exist. No, it doesn't. uh, Which is also talking about the Chinese New Year and what's... A popular in Milan, the new thing in pr- in Prince, which is silk. Ooh, it's supposed to be a fashion magazine. So at this point in time, stupid Mark goes, "Wait a minute! I should know her from somewhere." <laughs> she looks so familiar. I'm a complete idiot. Of course, Lizzie is played Haley. by Haley Mills. Haley Mills, right? Parent Trap Haley Mills. Who I've been watching my entire life. Child Star Haley yeah. Mills. Child Star Haley Mills. And the photograph that they have there on the front of that fake magazine is actually a photo from a movie that she filmed called A Matter of Innocence in 1967 where she's supposed to um, have gone from the UK to Singapore to live with an aunt. Uh-huh. Um, and... It's actually kind of a controversial photo because if you see the whole photo, she has a slit in her dress that goes up to her hip. Wow. And this is child star Haley Mills. This is parent trap Haley Mills. 
And here she is all grown up with long eyelashes and makeup and it's, it's eyes showing. It's always weird. And there, there must be a weird industry sort of term or terminology around it where a child star becomes an adult and wants to show that they're an adult. Yeah, and play adult parts. And play adult parts. Well, ask Selena Gomez. Everybody wants her to still be 15 or whatever. Yeah, you know? it's... A, Selena Gomez is in a new show with uh, Steve Martin and uh, Martin Short. Only murder in the building. Yeah, it's a Hulu show. And it's upsetting to me because Selena Gomez swears so much. (laughs) No, Selena Gomez, you're only 15. Stop cursing. Stop. Your Um, mom will be upset with all the cursing. (laughs) So, yeah. So, Haley Mills, a very well-known actor. She's been in so many things. But when I went looking for that photograph to see where it was actually from, I was really struck by how much Haley Mills and Tamsin Mallison, who plays Kate the coroner, look alike. They look so much alike, but they're not related. No, but when they're the... the if you look at two photos of them when they're the same age, yeah. they they could be sisters. They definitely easily. have a similar look. Yeah. And Haley Mills is a good actress. On oh, top yeah. Of being She's very good. Wild Harvest is the name of the book. Of Ruth's cookbook. Yes. Now, Which is full of recipes she stole from Nick. So they have copy on this book. Yeah. And they use that copy everywhere from that point on. <laughs> and of course, she looked real closely at it's, it, right? It's all good. It's all talks about Ruth's childhood and where she grew up and learned to cook with her relatives yeah. and stuff like that. It's all good stuff, but they have big signs of it at the at The, the farmer's, farmer's market, market yeah. and stuff like that. So Martin is upset because 10,000 pounds worth of truffles were stolen from his land, were dug up and taken from his land. Yes. Do you know how much truffles cost? I know they're expensive, and I know that they are sought after. Mm Mm-hmm. They're rare. They're difficult to find. You can't farm them. You can't cultivate them. But I don't know how much they cost. So they say that it's the that that the equivalent cost of what was stolen is ten thousand pounds in British money. Yes. So so is that like five truffles or fifty? So the truffles that grow wild in the UK are typically called burgundy truffles or summer truffles. Okay. Um, They're not the rarest of truffles, but they're up there. Yep. In the U.S., they sell for $400 a pound. Wow. And in the U.K., they sell for nearly 300 pounds a pound, which means that Johnny stole 35 pounds of truffles. That's a lot of truffles. That's how much a four-year-old weighs. Wow. He stole a four-year-old's worth of truffles. That's a lot of truffles in the truffle grove. It is a lot. <laughs> a lot of truffles. I tried to find out how many burgundy truffles there would be to the pound, and it seems to vary, of course, because they're different sizes. But it's probably 30 to 40 truffles a pound. So we're talking 9,000 truffles? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Wow. And he doesn't have a dog. No. So who helped him find him? Well, there's a little sign that says Truffle Grove this way. Right here. Watch for the cameras. That's a lot, especially if he's supposed to have stolen them like in one night yeah. versus over time. And if he was stealing them over time, I don't think he would have, Martin probably wouldn't have noticed. But if he actually stole that many truffles in one night, first of all, he would have been there all night. Yep. He would have been on his hands and knees digging in the roots of trees 
Like half the trees in the woods would be falling over because he would have upended them, uncovering all of their yes. roots because the truffles grow near tree roots. It's it's an excessive amount. <laughs> also, because he's caught on camera later on. Yeah. This is the second time in Midsummer that he's been on CCTV as doing something at night they shouldn't. That's true. That's true. It It's a lot of truffles. Like, he would have needed a wagon. Yeah. <laughs> the truffle girl wagon. <laughs> Maybe he borrowed Lizzie's wood wagon and filled it full of truffles. Baby. And wheeled it out. Don't mind me. Just 10 grand worth of truffles in my little red wagon back here. No problem. It's a lot. So we find out that he called somebody at 1113 that night. An agricultural supply company, otherwise known as Angela. My girlfriend. If somebody's going to put me in their phone contacts and they're going to give me a code name, yep. I don't think I want to be agricultural supplies. No, definitely not. I mean, it may as well be like utter butter or something. <laughs> Cow feed. <laughs> Like, is that how you think of me? Hmm? I'm just a piece of cow feed to you? Is that it? <laughs> Angela runs the Stag and Huntsman. And mm-hmm. they have two theme nights. Quiz night? Quiz night. And then they have curry night. There's another sign Ooh. for curry night. No, there'll be more on curry later on. <laughs> it's a nice pub. Yeah. And they sort of suss out right away that Johnny is her ex and that she was seeing Martin. Yeah. Well, and Martin and Camilla don't really have a very good relationship. No, no. She is not a real nice person. It's one of those trope relationships in Midsummer. It's one of those trope relationships in Midsummer of the fancy wife and the farmer man. Mm-hmm. He's kind of rough around the edges and she's yeah. blonde and polished. Yes. And wears lavender jeans. And she lives there with her son and Johnny is her ex and her son works for Johnny. Okay. You mean Angela? Yeah. Not Camilla in the lavender jeans. No, no, no. I kind of like Angela's clothes. She wears little cardigans and skirts. They're cute. Anywho. I like her so much. Then you find out she's the killer. Like, ah, I liked you. Yep. Why you got to kill people in such stupid ways? Martin is a total torso mess. (laughs) They just, they lift the sheet in in the morgue away from the camera so that Nelson and Barnaby can look underneath it and go, ooh. A large, omnivorous, wild animal. A puma. It's probably a puma. It's a puma. <laughs> we learned that Martin left everything to Amy, and man, does Camilla get mad. <laughs> she just... It starts yelling. She loses her ice queen veneer real fast. <laughs> She's just trash in the place. I'm like, wow, that escalated quickly. <laughs> And you can't think that they were very close, or he would have told her, I'm sorry, but I'm going to leave the bulk of my estate to my daughter. No. I'll make sure you're taken care of, but you're not going to inherit all this. So he must have suspected that their relationship was not, you know, totally genuine. Yeah. Or he would have at least told her. Well, and he had a girlfriend on the side. Well, there is that too. But he didn't, as far as we know, he didn't leave anything to her either. No. But she doesn't seem very upset he's dead either. She seems a little upset at first and then she's Well, it's a shock. Yeah. Your boyfriend was eaten by a boar last night. (laughs) What? He had a viscous substance on his front. All I know. He thought it was a game. Oh! That's a gross game. Yes. They needed a safe word. (laughs) 
And maybe maybe it, they did, and it was truffle oil. <laughs> You're like, no, I mean it, truffle oil. She's like, yeah, I'm going to put it all over you. No, 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 no more truffle oil. Then later, there's this clandestine meat auction at the pub because Stephanie and, and Jamie are poachers. Yeah. Right? The butcher and her brother are poachers. And so they're selling venison and stuff like that. But uh, again... I hope they're not selling boar. Yeah. What if they sell the boar that ate Martin? Oh. Ew. The boar that ate Martin. <laughs> this boar tastes a little... Martiny. Like truffles. And Martin. And Martin. You know what the best recipe in that cookbook is? Not celery and mushroom no. soup. No. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Like, I love celery, and I love celery syrup. I don't like mushrooms. They're fungus in relation to toe fungus. <laughs> don't want to eat them. Okay. But put them together, that's gross. Some mushrooms are really good. I know Supposedly. you don't like them, Supposedly. but some of them are really good. Supposedly. But the recipes that Ruth is trying to pass off as her grandmother, yeah, your grandmother's made lavender ice. Yeah. That's pretty fancy for grandma. But still, it's not the most important recipe in that book. Okay. The most important recipe in that that book is red herring because it has nothing <laughs> to do with the entire story. Wah, wah, oh my wah. gosh. It's a moussine of red herring. <laughs> do you know what a moussine is? No, what is a moussine? So it's not a moose, okay? A moose is a solid... Well, it's kind of gelatinous, yeah. a soft ice cream kind of consistency. Yes. They can be savory. They can be sweet. A mousseine is a sauce. Okay. And it's whipped cream folded into hollandaise sauce. And hollandaise sauce is basically warm mayonnaise, Ugh. which I like, but you don't. No. Just imagine whipped cream folded into warm mayonnaise Seasoned with watercress that she's chopping like her life depends on it. Oh my gosh. Chop, 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 chop. She is so not dealing with things. But clearly Sharon Small has gone to some kind of culinary lesson because she folds her knuckles back when she's chopping, which is exactly how you're taught to hold your fingers. She knows how to chop it. She just doesn't know how to make the red herring in the book. I just snorted. I'm sorry. Nick throws a pitcher of raspberry sauce. I guess. Raspberry coulis. Some wine thing. At Ruth. Yeah. By the way, she has a bad burn on her arm. That's clunky how they put that in there. Yeah. She she has to tug her sleeve down a little bit. And I looked at it a couple of times. It's not the best uh, makeup job. Prosthetic. Yeah. Well, you know, it doesn't need to be. You only have to see a little bit of it. Yeah. And frankly, if... I saw a chef with a burn like that. I probably wouldn't even ask about it. I would just assume that it was a kitchen accident. I wouldn't even wonder. Yes. Johnny's office is very interesting. You mean as an alcoholic, how he keeps alcohol in his office? That's just cruel. Yeah. Ruth keeps two decanters, uh, decanters of alcohol in his they office. They look like beakers. <laughs> yeah, they look like beakers. And he's an alcoholic. That's so mean. So he has to look at them. He has an old-timey punching bag. Yes. That's on a, a stand. Yep. Right? He's got several, like, chromed plane statues. I noticed all the pl- plane statues. Which we've seen before in and other episodes. Seen before they they another... are from the prop department. Yep. He has an awesome lamp on his desk. It's like a task lamp with an arm, and it's yeah, chrome. His... It's 
Very cool. His desk is nice. Except for one thing on his desk. What? At the front of his desk, on a little plinth, is a tiny, very detailed machine gun. Yeah. I don't get it. What is that? I know he was in the military, but... I guess that's a military. It's like a tiny, petite machine gun. Like a Barbie machine gun. (laughs) Pew, 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 pew. On a little stand. He also has like a drafting table or architect's desk. It's got a glass top. I did notice that he had a glass top. There's a lot of cool stuff in his office, but I don't understand the tiny gun. But he's also surrounded by boxes of Ruth's cookbooks. Well, she's got to get out there to the... To the farmer's market. Farmer's market and sell them. Why does Lizzie pick this time to come up to Ruth? Because she's out in public, I guess. I guess. She, maybe Lizzie's selling her wares at the farmer's market, so she's there. Before this, we see Lizzie reading the paper. Yeah. And so she... Tearing Ruth's she, picture she in half. She tears Ruth's picture in half. And it says, bestseller uh, local chef. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you read what was underneath? <laughs> no. Underneath it is a weird headline. Okay. <laughs> that says squirrel cull plan to make room for reds. I guess they're culling the black squirrels. Or the gray squirrels. Or the gray squirrels. To let the red squirrels. So that the red squirrels. Can come back. But then in the cruelness of cruelty, right? So let's go over this. What is Lizzie's problem with Ruth? She was in a car accident with Lizzie's son in which Lizzie's son died and she thinks Ruth was driving. Yes. <laughs> Underneath the squirrel call plan article is one that says crews called for road crash. <laughs> Ouch. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, Ferdy has, he's got challenges. Yes. He's playing cannibal zombie all the time. Yes. But the poor boy has to live above a pub and listen to his mom and crusty old Martin have sex. Yeah, like, wow. I'd be grumpy too. That that was a detail that we didn't need. I just wrote, ew. Plus, <laughs> In my he would have his headphones on, be playing his cannibal corpse game. That's <laughs> true. He probably wouldn't even hear it. This is the point where I have, why is Jamie in this episode? <laughs> Like, if Jamie was having an affair with Martin's wife, I kind of understand it. Jamie's in the episode because he's Stephanie's sidekick. Yes. Because he's her brother. Yes, and they find the body and call the anonymous Because they're out poaching. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, the first time I heard that term, I was only familiar with poaching as like a cooking method. Oh. Because my mom used to poach eggs. So you eggs thought people went into the forest and, and made a boiled fire. And boiled animals. Boiled. <laughs> and got in trouble for it. Like... Oh, that's so bad. Why do people do that? That's horrible. Just go out there boiling little hedgehogs and stuff. Jamie looks pretty uh, caught when they find the camera box. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I d- didn't know that was there. They think, uh, Nelson thinks it might be a bat box. Do you know what a bat box is? Yes. Okay, it's like a, a birdhouse, but for bats. Yeah. To give them someplace to live. Unlike our house, which is a bird. <laughs> it's, it's a bat box for bats. My next heading is Amy eats soup and dies. Amy eats soup and dies awesome. The rictus grin is incredibly creepy and weird. She does such a good job at that. I don't know how she did. I mean, she's not on camera dead a long time. No. But the whole time, eyes wide open and that that grin, she looks like the Joker. Which is interesting because I have a picture 
from Batman 89 of Erectus Grin. Yes. In my notes. Because it happens. Because it's a Joker thing. If you, well, if you die in certain ways, your muscles seize. Yep. They tighten, right? Yes. They like shorten as much as they can, which means your face pulls back. And it looks like you're grinning. And it must be so weird to find a body looking like that. Even with her eyes closed, she would look creepy. (laughs) It's a highly characteristic, abnormal, sustained spasm. And it can be caused by tetanus, Mm. uh, strychnine poisoning, or Wilson's disease. And it is often reported after judicial hangings. Ah! Yeah. So somebody gets gets hanged and... They take the hood off and they're grinning? Yeah. Ah! That just that's so looked, weird. Yep. Oh, that's super creepy. Yep. Super, super creepy. Whoa. They make a reference to Destroying Angel here. And I'm like, this is not the episode where we're going to talk about other episodes. That's another episode. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out that Amy took what was in the fridge and made this celery mushroom soup. Yes. But it wasn't wild celery that she picked. Ruth usually makes it, and yep. Ruth picked it, but then Angela swapped it out. For hemlock water dropwort. Yes. Which is commonly called dead man's fingers. Let's talk about dead man's fingers. Oh, okay? boy. Let's talk about dead man's fingers. I'm going to put a little legal notice here. Okay. Please make no food choices based on the things that we are about to say. Exactly. We are not experts. Nope. Don't go foraging with any of what we are about to say in mind or as a guide. Yes. There are three plants called death, dead man's fingers. Yes. Two of them you can eat. Yes. And one one of, them of them will kill you instantly. Uh, not instantly, but it'll make your life pretty fast. Pretty and they bad. look completely different. Yes. Why they're all called dead man's fingers, I don't know. Only one of them, well, two of them sort of deserve it. It's like some crazy botanist in the 18th century who's wandering around the forest going, I must name something dead man's fingers. <laughs> I must name something else dead man's fingers. So the plant that um, uh, Angela actually swapped it out for, hoping to kill Ruth when yes. she tasted the soup, is Orienthe crocata, mm-hmm. which is water dropwort. Yes. Okay. Otherwise known as wild celery. Yes. All right. But the other two plants that are also called dead man's fingers are so much better. Okay. One is also called the blue sausage fruit. Oh. It's a bush. Okay. That's got these pods on it that are about five inches long and they start green, but they turn black. Okay. Dark blue, black. And if you, they look sort of like a vanilla bean kind of. Okay. Except they're they're beefier, they're fatter okay. than that. Um, and if you open them up, the fruit that's inside is sweet. It oh. tastes a little bit like banana. Oh, okay. I don't think I'd be tempted to eat one. No, but you can. Don't eat the blue banana. They grow wild in Asia, and yep. a lot of people eat them. The other one is a fungus Ugh. that looks like dead fingers, and that's the the pictures that we saw like two weeks ago. Yes, where there, it looks like there's fingers coming out of the ground or out from under logs. Yes, if you Google "dead man's finger fungus," you will find photos of a fungus that looks like necrotic fingers reaching up and, out of the ground. And we'll put that. We'll put pictures of both these, all three of these, in the show notes as a community service. Yeah, know your dead man's fingers. Yes. Don't eat the one that's green. No. There you go. Yeah. Don't eat the roots. The weird thing about the finger fungus. Okay. Is that 
It's edible. Okay. But by the time it turns that black color, it yeah. doesn't taste very good, but it won't hurt you. But it's edible. But when it's young and the fingers are kind of a peachy white, yeah. it's tasty. Oh, tasty. So would you call it like dead kid finger fungus then? <laughs> like when they're tender children's fingers, they're yummy. <laughs> but when they grow into man fingers, probably not so good. No. Ugh. You got to look at a picture of these things. Yep. Nature is amazing. Yep. Okay, you got a story. Oh boy, do I have a story about hemlock water dropwort. Okay. So I threw it in that search engine and I got an article from the British Emergency Medical Journal. All right. It's it is entitled it's a case report and it is entitled A Hemlock Water Dropwort Curry, a case of multiple poisonings. Curry? Curry. Is that what they're serving at the pub? I guess so. <laughs> You know you're in for a good time when the first sentence of the case report is, Hemlock water dropwort is perhaps the most poisonous indigenous plant in Britain. Every part of it is poisonous. Every, the flowers, the leaves, the roots, everything. If you look at it, you'll probably feel sick. It's bad. <laughs> Paragraph two starts with, the entire plant is poisonous. Yes. yes, the seeds, everything. Paragraph three begins with the other members of the family are completely harmless, including celery, parsley, parsnip, and carrots. They're called umbilophores. Yes. Fennel, dill, carrot, parsley, parsley, parsnip, carrot, celery, yeah, dill. Poisoning by hemlock drop, war, uh, hemlock water droplet is inf is an infrequent event, and a member of number of human fatalities have occurred over the years. Although animals are its usual victims. Okay. Okay, so that's all background, which is just fantastic. I don't think you can be a victim of something that doesn't jump up and like force itself into your face. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll get into this article. What they made a curry okay. with this stuff? This this article is written with so much smarm. It's awesome. Okay. <laughs> a group of eight young adults. These were young people. <laughs> Stupid young people. Were on holiday in Argyle collecting what they thought was water parsnips from the stream. Okay. The roots were cleaned, chopped, and added to a curry, which they all consumed. Okay. All right. Now, the pieces were big enough that some people didn't eat them because they thought it was kind of bitter. Yeah. Okay. Which it would be. Early the next morning, 10 hours after ingestion, one of the group had witnessed, had one of the group had a grand mal seizure, Oof. lasting about five minutes, taken to community hospital in a post-ictal state. Mm-hmm. Okay? <laughs> this sentence is awesome. No connection at this point was made with the ingestion of the plant root the night before. Because you know what they did? Gradually, over the course of the next four hours, a number of the group became unwell and nauseated. And during the time, four of the group consumed leftovers. Oh, my gosh. They ate it a second time. Oh, I feel awful. I think I'll eat some leftovers from last, uh, last night. Oh, man. That's bad. Another one had a grand mal seizure. Other group members of the group had nausea, vomiting, lethargy, sweating, and low-grade fevers. Everybody was sick. 
Nobody died. No one died. That's good. Yeah. Couldn't laugh at it if anybody died. Yes. It must have been horrible. Never it, eat Sally's curry again. <laughs> Initially, it was uncertain from the description and the indi- the identity of the poison plant. Community hospital where they were admitted in rural Argyle. Can you imagine this hospital? Uh, it's probably a cottage hospital that has like 15 beds or something. And five of them are taken up with these young people. <laughs> the police were able to take an asymptomatic member of the group to the screen to recover flir- further plant matter. <laughs> All right, Billy, show us what you picked. What did you eat, you stupid kid? <laughs> I didn't eat any of it. I don't like curry. That's why you're alive. And in the most <laughs> midsummer line ever, like we're already in rural Argyle mm-hmm. in Scotland. The police knew of a local botanist in the area who was able to positively identify this specimen. He so was wearing a bow tie when they went to his house. <laughs> there is a picture of what they cooked. I will put it in, in the journal article. Yep, they in included the, a picture of the curry or a picture of the plant. Picture of the plant. Okay. But it's on a dinner plate. Oh my gosh. Don't know. <laughs> Don't put poisonous things on a dinner plate. Four of the group required admission to the hospital. They had gotten different stuff and everybody was discharged within 24 hours. Man. They were so, so lucky. Yeah. So then comes the last paragraph, which is smarm on full. Okay. Okay. So the, the discussion section is really, it's a case study to help you Find out what's causing this if you run into this, right? The last paragraph. It is possible with the increasing interest in natural foods, (laughs) in quotation marks, accidental poisonings of this nature may become more frequent. This case illustrates the potential dangers of this, but highlights the fact that even in a small community's expertise is available and if accessed appropriately can be invaluable that is the second most midsummer thing in this just article. be sure you know the number of your local freelance botanist or have ruth's big book of things that might kill you <laughs> so they go to this botanist house and they must have been like they ate this and he went you, you ate that and then he said what did it taste like? Yeah, <laughs> I've always wondered. <laughs> I've always wondered. <laughs> and then the cop goes, well, they ate it twice. <laughs> <laughs> they ate the leftovers, too. Oh, somebody ah. somebody will always eat something. Oh, gosh. I can't believe they ate it again the second day. <laughs> oh, I know... I know O'Brien's down with a crazy grand mal seizure, but you got any more of that curry? (laughs) (laughs) It's quite tasty. (laughs) (laughs) That's like Ferdy collecting mushrooms because he wants to get high. That whole article I saw it and I was like, oh, this is too good. Those poor people. Oh my God. I'm never going camping with Sally again. Ugh. I can forage. I know what I'm looking at. Yeah, whatever. Grand Maul bit half my tongue off. Thanks, Sally. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ferdy's getting his drug information from a website online. <sighs> yeah, he picks mushrooms, puts them in a baggie. You know, if you put something in a little baggie, it just makes it drugs, right? Yeah. 
It's it's supposed to be psilocybin mushrooms, magic mushrooms. Do you know they're they've been decriminalized in in cities in the United States? No, I didn't know. So in Denver, Santa Cruz, and Oakland, you can have magic mushrooms and it's not a crime. But throughout the United States, it's a crime. But within city <clears throat> limit. Oh. But in specific cities, it's okay. Drug laws right now are in a state of flux, to say the least. What I found really interesting is that nationally, there are several religious groups who are permitted to use psilocybin in religious ceremonies. I need a religious ceremony. Like That's that. quite the church, dude. Dude. It's Church of the Mushroom, dude. Church of the Mushroom. <laughs> Ferdy needs to go join that church. This is the point in my notes where I go, oh, yeah, his first wife's in this episode. Yeah. Because <laughs> we kind of forget about her. <laughs> but now that she, now that Amy's dead, she owns everything. That's That's wrong. not how it works. That's wrong. Unless Amy had a will. That said. That said, I leave everything to Camilla, yes. which she wouldn't have. It would not go to Camilla. I looked this up. If you have a spouse there first, if you die without a will. Your spouse yeah. is first, and then is the next blood relative. Camilla would have been out of luck. Yeah. Amy's second cousin, whatever, Yeah, would, would have been, been next it. in line. Yeah. It's nice that uh, Charlie gets a bone here for Sykes. It's like as long as my arm. It's a giant bone, that's for sure. <laughs> a marrow bone. And I think it's raw. <laughs> it's still got like pink stuff on it. So the poisonous soup was meant for Ruth. Right? So so Angela has gotten rid of Martin because Martin was threatening to take Wyvern House away. Yes. And she didn't want that to happen to Johnny. But she's willing to kill Ruth, who is the chef of the restaurant that she wants Johnny to have and be successful with. Maybe she thinks Nick will take over. Maybe. Maybe. But I think she's a little more crazy than that. And you know why? Because at this point in time, when we go back to the pub... I see the second sign. You saw the curry sign. Which happened after I read that article. (laughs) (laughs) So you're like, Angela knows about the curry. (laughs) She's read that article too. (laughs) Meanwhile, Johnny's selling 35 pounds of truffles. Yeah, he's like got a big bag that he carries around. It would be like a potato sack full of truffles. Carries around like Santa Claus. (laughs) So I have a question for you. Mm. I I want your top three answers on this. All right. Okay. So Charlie's trying to break into Martin's computer, mm-hmm. and he's guessing his password. Mm-hmm. It has six letters. Mm-hmm. What do you think Martin's six-letter password is? Sorry, I'm counting on my fingers. I think it's Oliver, because his dog's name's Oliver. Yeah. Or Ollie. Yeah. I think that's it. That's a good one. But that's not... It can't it, be like... In no way is that faster. Amy daughter or something. <laughs> So if he had a six-letter password and it was letters and numbers Mm -hmm. and they were capitalized, you can break that in like 10 minutes. With a program. Yeah, with a program. But eventually it's going to lock you out, isn't it? No. If you keep guessing? Not in Windows. Oh, okay. It won't. And it's a Windows computer. It's a Dell computer because it has Magic Desktop on it. What is that? Magic Desktop is one of these... I is it an interactive desktop that you can have, like a wallpaper that you can interact with or something? No. Oh. No, it's nothing that... Uh, cool. Cool. Okay. What it is, is a program that was created by Easy Bits Media. Okay. 
And it's on a whole bunch of Dell computers because it's a desktop for kids. Ah. So and Martin never deleted it? What? Yeah, yeah. Or even the shortcut to it? Yeah. He Martin no secretly kids. likes Magic Desktop. Yeah. <laughs> What's Magic Desktop do? Um, well, it just kind of protects your kids from the bad parts of the internet. There's parental controls and stuff like that. On oh. So they call it Magic, but really it's just lame? Yeah. Oh, that's not fun. It's it's totally. Chocolate. I thought maybe it had like Clippy on it or no, something. No, <laughs> no, it's totally chocolate covered broccoli. It's uh, it's like, oh, uh, this is the first appearance of Chrome mm. in uh, in the show, and uh, the the files that he has there are just. It's a CCTV folder. Yeah, but. <laughs> That's the only thing he has on his desktop. Yeah. And the st- they're named really weird. They're not named properly. Well, I don't think Martin is a, you know, a hacker or anything. No. but I'm actually kind of surprised he has a laptop. But now they know Johnny's been stealing the truffles in his big bag. And this, so they, uh, Nelson and Barnaby go to the pub and the pub is locked. Yes. Because they're having this secret meat auction. Yes. It's weird. Like only the locals know about the secret meat auction. You have to come in through the back door for this sneaky steak sale or whatever it is they're having. I don't know why like Charlie can't just open that door. It's like on a little lever. You can just pick that really easily. What I want to know, and the impression I get is that Jamie and Stephanie Weston's house is like on a street. Yeah. Like they have a conservatory. They don't live in a cabin. No. If they're poaching deer, where are they? Where are they hanging that? Yeah, because you gotta like drain the blood out of them and skin them and stuff, right? I mean, it's not a little operation. You'd think somebody would notice. It's not yeah. like, oh, we caught that one in the yard. <laughs> you know, like clearly you've been out shooting stuff. I don't want to know what's in the other coolers. Yeah, and they're like, oh, oh. I don't want to buy meat from an auction like that. No. From a pub, like... Black- I have heard meat given away as raffle prizes. There's an episode in which meat is That's given right. away. That's right. Because... Jones wins some. Not Jones, he? it's... Uh, Scott. No, it's... Um, <laughs> Troy. Troy wins something. <laughs> Third time's a charm. Yeah, we got there. <laughs> and it's it's just... Uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to trust meat that... That I buy at an auction in a in a pub. So then we get Ruth and Johnny making up. Yeah. And she actually seems like kind of a normal human being. She's she like, does. I'm sorry. She says, but You're the only life I had outside of the kitchen. Here I am. I'm gonna have some alcohol in front of you. I know you struggled with this, so I'm just gonna chug it right in front of your face. Yes. <laughs> because I keep a decanter in your office where you can see it all the time. But don't you touch it, because you're an alcoholic. But he's tempted. He the tastes, liquor touches his lips. He'll never do it again. No. <laughs> the one time he gave in, he almost dies. So what they're drinking is slow gin. Do you yes. know what slow gin is? No. It's not S-L-O-W. It's S-L-O-E. Slow no. <laughs> it's S-L-O-E. And slows are a fruit. It's kind of a berry. They're related to plums. Yeah. They look a little bit like blueberries. Okay. So the way you make slow gin is you buy gin. Yeah. And you put some slows in it. Okay. And then you let it sit for a while. Well, it's like... And then you strain them out. Gin and vodka. You can flavor it. You can flavor it with fruit. And they pass out just as Lizzie approaches. Because Angela has put nightshade, deadly nightshade, in the slow gin. Yes. 
I'm surprised they didn't go back for seconds. Deadly Nightshade is is another unpleasant way to be poisoned. Where does she get all the... Uh, Nightshade grows all over the place. You yeah. could probably find it in our yard. Yes. It's got little red berries on it. When yeah. we were kids, it, it was uh, inevitably there was somebody in the neighborhood every summer who would eat one. Yeah. And then get sick. They just vomit like the exorcist. But if you eat like 15 of them... Yeah. You'll fall down and have to be taken to the hospital. They break a rule here. Okay. That that if you see somebody and then you see somebody pass out, then you refer to them as dead and you don't see them die, then they're not really dead. Yeah. Well, and Lizzie's lurking. Yeah. But she helps them. Yes. Right? So I wanted to know what the antidotes were for Nightshade, because okay. at the end of the episode, they seem absolutely fine. And it's like just a few hours later. Yep. Ruth and Johnny are like popping out of a cab. Ha ha, we're fine. Yep. So there's, That's not how it works. By the way. <laughs> there's two common antidotes to nightshade. There's one called pilocarpine and one called phytostigmine. So phylocarpine, uh, used in smaller amounts, is also used to treat dry mouth after chemotherapy and oral surgery. Okay. Because one of the side effects of phylocarpine is it makes you drool uncontrollably. Okay. All right. And uh, physostigmine has one of the side effects is severe sweating. And they're often used in combination for nightshade poisoning. So really, Johnny and Ruth should have got out of the car (laughs) sweating and drooling. (laughs) (laughs) And why are you so sweaty? Oh, they would not have been pleasant. It does work within like 30 minutes, though. By the way, that's the sound that's going at the start. (laughs) That's the sound of drool. It's kind of hard to to do audio drool. I have my notes. Johnny will never drink again. (laughs) No, no. He's learned his lesson now. Not even a sip. Don't even have a sip. That's what happens. They do do some reenactments here. Because remember I said that they didn't do that for a couple of the episodes. Yeah, there's some Angela creeping around. Swapping vegetables in the chiller and stuff. Yep. I still don't know why she did it. I don't understand what she was trying to accomplish other than she wanted Johnny back. Okay. So while I was out running errands this morning. You thought about this. I thought about this. Okay, good. I had to send my vote to Canada. Mm. This is my thought. Okay. Every detective show or detective novel is a warning of how not to live your life, right? Okay. We're supposed to learn a lesson from what the bad guy... Don't live your life in such a way that you end up killing people because of X. Don't end up like Angela. Yes. Okay. Right. I'm with you. So, for instance, the first episode is of Midsummer is don't have sex with your sister because you'll end up killing people. Right. Okay. This episode, I think, is don't love one person so much that you fall or don't love or care about other people. I think she loves Johnny so much that she doesn't care about the other insects. Hmm. By the way, Ferdy's mushrooms are fine. <laughs> Health and safety said we should put that in the end of the episode. Yeah. He could have <laughs> had him in a salad and he would have been fine. It's the pain that never goes away. So they split up eight years ago. Yes. There's several because years. Because he was drinking. Yes. Yes. There's several years between their split up and him meeting Ruth. And so he's not back in the village then. No. I can only assume that her coming back in the village, him coming back in the village caused this. Okay, but that was three years ago. Yeah, caused this 
want and then because the angela says here's this man i love and now he's recovered from his alcoholism so i want him back yeah and so martin her and her were doing kinky stuff to keep the kids up at night right in the middle of pillow talk he said oh by the way i'm gonna screw your ex-husband aren't you happy and she's like no i'm gonna have to tie you to a tree and smother you in truffle and let a boar eat you Oh, wait a minute. And accidentally kill your daughter, too. Yeah. Oops. Oops. She was smiling. She didn't seem to mind it. She went down in a happy face. Yeah. Put on a happy face. Oh, you're awful. All right. Best corpse. <laughs> nice corpse. Okay. You know who I'm voting for. We have two corpses. Big smile. And... Fake smile wins it. She does such a good job. I mean, Martin's all screwed up when he's tied to the tree, and that's really good. Yeah, they do some good makeup. But that smile is is a one of a kind. They do they do a very good job of showing you just enough that your imagination takes over for Martin, and you you can like I could imagine what he looks like really well. You don't have to see his intestines sprawled out across the glade. No, right? Definitely to know that they might have been. Definitely not. After the credits. Oh, boy. It is not happy times. So Angela's going to prison. Yes. So does that mean Ferdy has to run the pub? I guess Ferdy's not going to work at the Wyvern house anymore. He's going to have to put down his video games. Is he old enough to run a pub? I don't know. I guess he's got to be 19. And according to the signs in the pub, if you don't look 21, they got a card yet to check that you're at least 18. And we we forgot to mention this. We're kind of backtracking now, but we forgot to mention that they consp- that Barnaby and Nelson conspired with Nick. We want you to go in the pub. And we know it's really early in the morning, but go in there and demand a drink. Yeah. And we're going to come in and accuse you, and you deny it. Nick went. Al- Nick really has a career in acting. Yeah. After this, yeah, he does a pretty good job. <laughs> Forget cooking. Yeah. Maybe Nick can become the cook at the pub. He can make the curries. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, Johnny's never drinking again. I think Johnny and Ruth's relationship is stronger. I think so too. And maybe she'll take it down a notch in the kitchen. Yeah, maybe she won't be so jerky in the kitchen. I think Lizzie has a career in being an actor. <laughs> Lizzie's going to become the bow tie wearing botanist who inspects everything you forage from the woods yeah. to make sure nobody dies. Cam- I, still I guess don't Camilla's understand- going to inherit the farm. I don't know why, but I guess she is, and Jamie will work there. Yeah. And in a, in a midsummer not trope, mm-hmm. like in every other episode of this show, Camilla will be all over Jamie. No. Uh, she's such a cold fish. I yeah. don't. I don't think she's supposed to be interested in anybody but herself and her horses. Stephanie Weston's going to prison for selling black illicit, market meat. Illicit meat. I no. think that's a fine. If you're a butcher, it might be a bit more serious. Maybe. But she's not selling it in the butcher shop. She is. She sure does cut up those ribs ineffectively. The promo pictures for this episode have, have them all in the kitchen. I'll put, I'll put a couple of them. Um, but yeah, they're all in the kitchen getting stuff. Are you ready for some horrible movies? Oh, am I ready? Because we, we haven't had horrible movies for a while. Oh, man. But Do I have two for you? Okay. Woohoo! Okay. Woo. This movie is terrible. Ha! I bet Mark's seen it. 
All right. The first one has Matt Kennard in it. He plays Jamie Weston okay. in this episode. He's actually in both of the, my bad movies okay. here. This is a 2016 movie. Okay. It has 3.2 out of 10 tomatoes. Oh. A group of young people head to Ibiza for a holiday of a lifetime. All the sun, sea, and sex they can handle. If only there wasn't a zombie outbreak getting in the way. I believe I've seen the trailer for this movie. It has two names. If you know either one of them, I'll give you the point. Uh, is sun in the name? No. Okay, no. I don't know. What... It's either Ibiza Undead or Zombie Spring Breakers. <laughs> And Matt Kennard, who's Jamie, he plays one of the Spring Breakers. Okay. Wow. The second one, though. This is maybe the worst movie I've ever found. Wow. And you have found some And bad... I think there's a chance you've seen it. <laughs> it is so bad. Wow. Oh, I, I don't... I'm, I'm looking at this description, and I'm, I'm like, oh, I didn't think this through. What can I read here that won't give it away? Hmm. Okay. Two guys because I can't say their names because that'll ruin it, from a legendary English rock group, witness a gang murder in Fiji. They flee with crucial evidence. Have they played their last gig? The tagline is, it started with guitars and ended with guns. John Lovitz is also in it. John Lovitz? <laughs> yes. Is in this movie? Yes. What is John Lovitz in anymore? <laughs> He's in this. It's a 2013 movie, I should have said. Oh. Okay, I'll give you a hint. The two names that I didn't mention are Francis Rossi and Rick Parfit. No, I don't know what this is. It's called Bula Quo, and it actually stars two members of the rock group Status Quo. Oh my god! They're in the movie. Wow. Playing themselves. Wow. So this is a Status Quo vanity project. No, it's worse than that. Oh. <laughs> it's a tax dodge. Okay. Okay. Under Gordon Brown, the UK government had this scheme where if you owed a bunch of taxes. Okay. If you invested in a small budget film being made by a UK company with a UK crew, you could write it off. Oh my. And so they made this movie as a tax deductible write off. It's an incentive to, ex to expand the UK film industry and to keep people in the industry and work. And to get status quo out of tax trouble. Yes. They filmed it in Fiji, but it's an all UK crew and cast, except John Lovitz. <laughs> we got John Lovitz? Oh, I know who that is. Yeah. I thought for sure you would know the names of the members of status quo, because you no. always know these weird, I'm like... I, I mentioned a band and you're like, oh, the lead singer's name is this. And blah, 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 blah. No. So status quo for our American listeners is a, a band from the 70s and 80s in England that was popular in England, mm -hmm. but not anywhere else. No, no. Like I had heard of them, but I can't name a song by them. Yeah. It's called Beulah Quo. I don't, B-U-L-A Quo. Wow. Yeah. That is horrifically bad. It's very bad. I watched the trailer and I wish I hadn't. They're not good actors. There's no requirement that the, the film actually be successful or good. No. Just that it's made by a UK crew. Wow. There, there needs to be a list on IMDb of all the movies that, that uh, were there, fun. There is. That. Okay. There's quite the list. Oh my gosh. I They're gotcha. all 
incredibly bad movies. I bet you there's some bad, <laughs> bad, bad movies. I feel sorry for the UK film crews who get work this way and they know, like, well, it's work and I want to work, but I know this movie is going to be horrible because this is why they're making it. So they're not going to be investing in actually making no. something good. No. They just want to write it off. So they don't care if it's successful or not. If they make a profit on it, that's actually kind of bad because then they owe taxes on that. Oh, wow. So they, it's almost better if it flops. That's bureaucracy at its best. Yeah. Right there. Oh, man. Yeah. Creating bad art. There's quite the list, too, of films that have been made for that reason. So Ibiza Undead and Beulah Quo. I get two points. Two points. All right. That's it for Wild Harvest. You can find Midsummer Maniacs, Twitter, Instagram, email, and our newsletter. Yeah. How can you sign up for the newsletter, Sarah? I don't know, Mark. How can you sign up? You can go to our website, which is midsummermaniacs.com or midsummermaniacs.transistor.fm. Scroll to the bottom of the page and put in your email address. We'll only send you one a month. You can unsubscribe at any time. We're never going to give your email address away. It's just a way for you to stay in touch and keep up to date. Yep. It'll go off the first Wednesday of the month, right? We're going to give you goodies in it every month. Including a reminder that on the 18th of September, we are doing a live stream. That's a Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern for our 100th episode. We hope that you'll join us if you can. That would be fantastic. It, we're going to have fun. Oh my gosh. Live interactions with actual maniacs. Maniacs! Uh, like and subscribe on YouTube and hit that bell. And if you could, go to uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes Podcasts and do a review of us there. I don't care what you give us. Five stars. Um, <laughs> But it helps other people find us. Other people find the podcast. It's lame that that one podcast source fuels recommendations all over the place, but that's just how it works. It is, but that's how it works. Or you could just tell a friend that that you're a maniac. Yes. And they might be a maniac too. Secretly maniacs. Secretly. Okay. Next episode 99 The Flying Club. The Flying Club. Man falls from airplane. Yes. Splat. Splat. (laughs) All right. Until then. Bye, maniacs. Bye, maniacs. So I wanted to know what the difference was between a slow and a blueberry because they kind of put off the same sort of reddish purpley color and the kind of the blue tone to it and <laughs> this website i found that's like the difference between blueberries and slows and has a whole section about what a blueberry is and a whole section about what slows are and then it has like a comparison like slows are small round and blue blueberries are small round and blue <laughs> That's not a difference. Slows have a seed in the middle. Blueberries do not. Now you know the difference. Oh, okay. Okay.